Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. And so it begins, the 2 o'clock hour with Chuck and Chernoff live at Harris, Cherokee in Cherokee, North Carolina. We are smack dab in the middle of the Caesar Sportsbook. Oh, it's good to be back. It really is. You can book your getaway here at HarrisCherokee.com. Our 2 o'clock hour brought to you by Roof at 4. Let's start with our headlines brought to you by... Brought to you by AtlantaRoadGames.net. Uh, tagline. Here, here's a bus. Y'all head north. <laughs> Headlines are actually delivered to you by our very own ex. And you're home for Fox News. Neil Bortz, The Kimmer, Clay Travis in the Morning Extra with Tug Rhino and Carlos. Download the Extra app today. As you heard Dan tell you, you have a new TV play-by-play voice, and it's one you're familiar with, Brandon Gauden, formerly the Georgia Tech play-by-play man, also the voice in my home five days a week when I hear Madden being dialed up by my kids, the voice of Madden football since 2016. He will join Jeff Francorin, Valley Sports Networks. He will join us around 4.30 to talk about the gig. Charles, so much to cover, I don't even know where to start. Uh, How about we start with Ryan Seacrest? Ryan Seacrest announced today that he is leaving the Live with Kelly and Ryan program after six years. Can I ask, he's about 50 years old? Mm, close. He's two years older than me, so I think he's 47. Okay, 47. All right. So he is leaving the gig, one of his three full-time jobs. Three. I mean, he's got a production company. He's got the morning show. He's got American Idol. I mean, he's got 15 jobs. He does. Yeah. He's 48. Oh, he's 48. Which right. means, Matt, you're 46. I will be 46 in May. Thank you very much. you got to put the tennis balls on the front of the walker now. <laughs> Thank you. Anywho, my guess is Seacrest was making... Eight to ten million a year to host that show. Now he's not going to be exactly, you know, cutting his own grass. Now he goes back to American Idol for season twenty-one. His life got so much easier. The he- morning show that he gets up for—I don't know why he schleps to get up for a radio morning show at this point. Uh, do me a favor, check the net worth on. He's got to be half a billion. <sighs> he's got to be. Yeah, like I say, his life just man. However, however much money he has or doesn't, maybe he has a raging heroin habit himself. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Maybe he's giving away all his money to family members or bad investments. I don't know, whatever. How about, how about former neighbors? But <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, no matter how much money he has or doesn't, he's walking away from, what do you say, about $10 million I'm a guessing year? 8 to $10 million. 8 to $10 million, 10 million for live with Regis. Uh, 20 years, but continue. It, it will always be Regis and Kelly. <laughs> he is worth $450 million. I thought I was right on both. How about that? His life just got so he's still walking away from $10 million. His life just got so much easier and more manageable. And he did it for how long? He did it for six years. Why, wow. is he, but why is he waking up to do the morning radio show? Oh, I can tell you. I don't even have to guess about that. And I don't know him. I've never even spoken to him. That's how he's wired. He yes. feels inadequate or he's being irresponsible or turning his back on his whatever if he doesn't work as a... I would turn my back on everything. I, I would be very tempted, I believe, but I promise you that's what goes on. He was like, no, I have these opportunities and I have to take advantage of them. Chuck, I think we've officially jumped the shark when it comes to teams and players who have told me they've been disrespected. And it officially happened when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Now, maybe there was a point this year where Buffalo was the favorite. 
Maybe there was a minute where somebody thought it was the Eagles, but the Chiefs were always thought of as a favorite. But what happens is one person in the national media says something negative. The coach for any team, college or pro, uses it as their motivational tactic. Here's Travis Kelsey. He's the latest. Travis Kelsey jumping the shark by telling us people like you, I'm talking about you, disrespected the Chiefs and didn't think they would win a championship. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. And our Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name. No, I'm going to guess one person did think they were going to win the championship this year. They have Patrick Mahomes, or as Chris Mad Dog Russo calls him, Patrick Holmes. And they have Travis Kelsey, and they have Andy Reid. I'm guessing one person, I could find one person who said they might win the championship. But it seemed to motivate Travis Kelsey, and that's fine as he was doing this his wrestler routine. Bennett, too, the other day. Oh, it's better than Stetson Bennett. You remember this one? This is yeah. Nolan Smith. This was after Georgia wins the national championship. Forget about just disrespecting them. Some of y'all said they wouldn't win more than seven games. They thought we was going to go seven and five. We end up perfect. That's all I got to say. I don't remember anybody saying they'd go seven and five. Find me to one. Okay. See, the art, you remember Coach Arthur, after the first game of the season, had that damn meltdown? It predicted we finished 45th. Yeah, you guys pre- you guys predicted us 45th um, back in May. It was only 32 teams, but, right. but you predicted us 45th. Mm-hmm. Um, you can argue with that was nonsensical because, like, it can't be true. Compared us in May, you guys ranked us 45th. There you go. Did somebody predict a five-season fall? Pick the Falcons 45th. Here is Kirby Smart after Georgia won the Peach Bowl against Ohio State. <laughs> Says who? See, when you... Are starts... they boxed to wire? Yes, but when you tell that to the team over and over, you start believing. This is, like, this is not a great analogy. But O.J. along the way convinced himself he didn't kill two people. Kirby said it enough to his team that they affected you that he started to believe it and said it in an interview. Nobody disrespected Nobody so. outside this locker room believes. No, we all did. They were the favorite. Todd McShay's like, no, I believe. McCaffrey's like, I believe. We all believed. Here's the uh, one that takes the cake, though. This is Zion Logue from Georgia. Not only telling you, did you guys disrespect us? You didn't think we'd win six or seven games. We really who said that who would, i would have taken that bet in vegas over five i love it we jumped the shark on the disrespect stuff jumped it i think they actually did go six and six in 2010 i guess that was maybe the i didn't predict that then no no nice. everybody was like oh damn they went six and six but it takes one person they find one article or one sound bite and they i don't think it. they did I don't, like i said I, I said i don't think i know arthur didn't like no intern or pr associate walked in arthur you got picked 45th by pro football network can i tell you what happens i'm gonna guess in this day in technology Kirby has somebody in the uh, av department Georgia do a mock-up. They're a show, and somebody on there says, uh, Georgia's not going to win six games this year. And then they put it with an ESPN background show team, and they use it as motivation all year and say, y'all disrespected us Oh, yeah, all the year. quote, Georgia won't win six games this year. And then you the full quote, they'll win 12. That's <laughs> <laughs> just so great, the level of disrespect. So uh, your guy, Elon Tusk. Your guy, Elon Tusk, um, is trying to show you once again that he's going to He's going to buy his way to cool, and he's going to buy his way to relevance no matter what happens. I don't understand this. He bought Twitter instead of 10 NFL teams. Front Office Sports had the story that Twitter had one of its most active days during the Super Bowl on Sunday, giving the platform what they called a much-needed boost after a wild four months since Elon Tusk took over. Now, on Sunday, on game day, a total number of tweets in the U.S. was up 20%. Total tweets and tweeters were up 18% year over year. Uh, which is good news because of the company's top 1,000 advertisers, no. 
Since September, 625 stopped advertising on Twitter. Why? By January. I think it had a lot to do with some of the changes to the uh, platform. Why is he so unpopular or... I don't know, just some of the changes and fly-by-night. Like, every day they're changing stuff on Twitter just because he feels like it, and there's rhyme or reason, and the advertisers feel like they're not getting the all ROI. Right, fired a bunch of people when he showed up. Sure. And, okay, all right. So monthly revenue dropped by about 60% from October to January, according to the data. Well, that would be bad. From about $127 million to just over 48 So Elon Tusk rallied and struck some deals with a couple of major Super Bowl sponsors, Pepsi and Anheuser-Busch, just days before the Super Bowl. But that wasn't enough to satisfy him. After failing to uh, publish a hit Super Bowl tweet by his own standards, not getting the reaction he wanted, Musk reportedly had the app's algorithm tweaked so his tweets would appear atop. No, that's not. Did you not see the one that had, uh, was it a... uh, an animal sitting in a chair running the, the Twitter. I did. I saw that. Yeah, it was his. He put it at the top and made sure everybody saw it with the algorithm changing so you would see his and think it was important. Well, now, i tell you one thing that I have noticed that has driven me the other way. They're trying to, I guess, increase my engagement. <laughs> um, you may like. I'm like, no, I'm pretty aware of what I like. Or see more like and then like three choices. So we have two categories now, following and for you. And I'm good with following. I don't need you to tell me for you what you need to tell me I want to watch or what I want to see. So a lot of the advertisers dipped. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the bottom line. All right, sorry, Tusk. Yeah, Elon Tusk. Bad news for falling on hard times after his investment in Twitter. Coming up next, today was a good day for Aretha and Magic. We'll tell you why next. To stop at a red light, looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. Today was a good day. That was a good day. That was a good day. It's always a good day when Chuck and Chernoff are live at Harris Cherokee in Cherokee, North Carolina. We're inside the Caesar Sportsbook living the VIP life. Chuck, on this day in 1962, the first lady, Jacqueline Onassis Kennedy, conducted a White House tour, first time ever live on TV. The program... Hosted by the First Lady, considered the first primetime documentary specifically designed to appeal to a female audience. Now, the videotape tour was the first glimpse of the White House the American public had since the $2 million restoration had gone through. Uh, The broadcast was seen by more than 80 million viewers syndicated globally to 50 countries, including China and the Soviet Union. Slower time in America. Uh, yeah, it was a lady that uh, was noted for her class and style. Yeah. She was Bouvier, I guess, at that point, maybe. I'll go with that. 1967, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, recorded her iconic single, Respect. Aretha won two Grammys for the song in 1968. Best Rhythm and Blues recording. Best Rhythm and Blues solo vocal performance by a female. The song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1987, and it was placed at number five on the Rolling Stone magazine list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Recognized as introducing uh, props to mainstream language. It stood the test of time, too. You will give me my propers. That's it. 1978, Leon Spinks beat Muhammad Ali in 15 rounds to win the heavyweight championship of the world. Now, I did a deep dive the other day on some Muhammad Ali stuff because I wanted to see when he started to to start, you know, you could tell the head injuries were there. Oh, it was like 74 or 5. So he was okay there. I watched him on a Tonight Show interview with uh, Johnny Carson. You get to about 78, 79, and boy, you start to notice the difference. Then he did a 60 Minutes interview in about 1982. It's very fuzzy language. Where his wife at the time said, I tell him he's being lazy with his speech. Because when he wants to, he still sounds like the old Muhammad. It wasn't the case. He was starting to feel the repercussions of the head injury, just wouldn't admit it. 
here's the weirdness, and we could go back and check the calendar. He lost to Leon Spinks. Um, I think that was on a Wednesday night. Weird. And then he fought him for the rematch and beat him in the Superdome in New Orleans in October on a Friday night on ABC. So the, the, the fight he was promoting on the Tonight Show was a Monday night fight. A Monday night fight in Vegas on closed circuit TV. That's it. Was you were two big differences. It could be any night of the week, and you were the world champion. He'd fight in Kuala Lumpur if you needed to. 1989, Robin Givens was granted a divorce from Mike Tyson in the Dominican Republic. The couple was married less than a year, and I'm really stunned because I thought those kids would have made it. She got cashed out. She and her mom. Um, I remember mom's uh, Ruth. I'm sure, that was a very. Yeah. Normal, stable relationship. 1992, the Lakers retired Magic Johnson's number 32 jersey. Magic, of course, the number one pick in 1979. Played for the Lake Show for 13 seasons. Won five championships. He had he had to retire in uh, 1991 when he announced he was HIV positive. He was a six-foot-nine point guard, Matt. <laughs> Wait a minute, go back. He, he announced he was HIV positive, Donald Sterling. Like, let's make that clear. What's so special about him is not. It never developed, did it? Or it hasn't, I don't think. I think he's I think he's been taken care of with the, the meds and he's. Huh, the cocktail. Yeah. He is not, uh, he doesn't have AIDS, I don't think. His net worth is listed at $620 million. Now he's kind of done it all. Late Magic. night talk show host. He was the coach for a minute of the Lakers, team president. Movie theaters. Movie theater owner. Oh, he's business. a businessman. He's a mogul. He has done it all. 1996, the Cleveland Browns fired head coach Bill Belichick, who had finished up a 36-44 and 44 run after five seasons on the job. Bill had a bit of better luck with the Patriots. He went 262-108 and 108 to this point with New England. He's won six titles. He was the Browns head coach for you kids who don't know. See the Jets coach for a couple days? For about a day. A day. He okay, decided day. to change his mind. And then they got a draft pick or something. Yeah. 1999, Orenthal James Simpson yeah. had his 19 1968 Heisman Trophy sold at auction for 230000 as a part of the settlement that he has to pay the $33.5 million civil judgment against the Jews for the deaths of his ex-wife, Nicole, and her waiter friend, Ron. I got a little getting even to do. Do you really, like, do you, anyone, does anyone really want that? Do you show that off? Like, wouldn't you want to buy Roger Staubach's maybe instead? But you know people are sick enough to be like, I got it for a song. OJ became 50 times more famous. I think that's bad, bad. Just Of course it's bad, but you act like people don't do that stuff. Knock, knock. Nicole, Ronald, who's ready for Boggle? One day for our winging it idea, we're going to do, can you top somebody being in the wrong place at the wrong time more than that poor Goldman just returning sunglasses? Oh, my God. No. Why? Why? My beautiful Nicole. Some people trying to intimate that Ron was going over there to, you know, stup Nicole. No, she forgot her sunglasses. My man, Ronald, who did this? Fair question. And Chuck, in uh, 2021, Nicolas Cage got married for the fifth time. This time, the lucky lady was Rico Shibata. Just date. They got married at the Wynn Hotel in Vegas. Now, because this radio station never stops working, we're always there trying to get exclusive audio that nobody else had. We actually got this awesome. audio. Can't wait. Yes, of Nick Cage and Rico on their wedding night. Take a listen. Doesn't Lucky Chucky want to come out? Huh? No. Your love machine. Your throbbing thrill hammer. Your thing. You mean my wang? 
That was it. <laughs> Wedding night for Nicolas Cage. Why do we do this? Enrico Shibata. Hoyt was there. Why do we do To that? collect the audio that nobody else, that's exclusive wow. to 680 The Fan. You mean my wife? That's a, that's a, that's a wonderful job <laughs> by Brian Hoyt to be able to uh, eavesdrop and get that audio. Wish nothing but good luck to a Nick Cage the fifth time around the block. And is Huang. You mean my Huang? Just date. It's now been 38 days since anybody around here decided they wanted to win a title. This is ruined a perfectly good day when I just washed my car. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today is your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner.